0: Hello everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And look, everybody, BetOnline—it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. They've got new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And also, it's free to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website right now, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right—only at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming into the pod. it is a very special edition of betting Chicago today because we are doing another round of bracketology. Today's category, iconic regional foods. We have eight strong seeds lined up tournament style and today we will crown a champion. So let's bring on our creator and resident guest Hoops Hancho and today's referee for the event. It's Mike Choi. Mike, tell us how to play.
1: Thanks, Joey. So our listeners can't see this, but I have my Abe Froman sausage King of Chicago t-shirt on. So I'm, I'm ready to roll. Um, Now, before we meet our guest, I thought it might be helpful to recap the premise of our show to any new listeners. So with that in mind, Bracketology is basically a pop culture discussion with a competitive twist, where we use the bracket format a la March Madness to argue the merits and drawbacks of eight finalists in a given topic. Afterwards, we'll vote on a winner for each matchup until we eventually crown a champion. So with that business out of the way, are you ready to meet our expert panelists who have somehow agreed to join us today? Bring it on, Mike. Let's do it. (laughs) So first up, we have Ted Kalanis. Now, when he's not serving as a school administrator at Joey's alma mater, New Trier High School in Winnetka, Illinois, Ted is a barbecue instructor, competitor, and co-owner of Dig the Pig Barbecue Team. So Ted's definitely a guy who knows his meat. Welcome to the pod, Ted. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, pretty excited. We're also honored to welcome Francisco Magdarog. Francisco is a chef de cuisine at the Guggenheimer Food Group with previous stints at Luke Sean, Oxen Sun, Son, and Inn of the Seventh Ray. Now get this, in 2019, Francisco was also part of a team that placed third at an international culinary competition in Copenhagen. Tried to say that three times in a row. So it goes without saying that he is way overqualified to be on this podcast, but welcome anyway, Cisco.
2: Thank you. Thanks
1: for having me. Happy to be here. So um, are you guys ready to get the unveiling of our bracket? Let's do it. I'm excited. Perfect, yeah. Let's perfect.
0: let's bring it on. Uh, you said overqualified Mike. You hit it right on the head. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I'm on the low end of the totem pole here. So I'm going to lean on you guys today. We brought together, I think I want to say 15 or 16 different foods, iconic foods, famous foods from regional areas. We all voted on them and we cut them down to eight. So don't worry if your if you're top favorites do not make the list. We will do, do, do an honorable mentions at the end of the pod. But here are your seatings, ladies and gentlemen. Coming in, let's just do the four or five seed real quick today. It's going to be the New Orleans Poe Boy versus the Deep Dish Pizza. The number three seed, Kansas City Barbecue, taking on the number six seed, NYC Pizza. The number two seed, Buffalo Wings versus the number seven seed, Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. And our first topic, we're going to get it kicked off here first. The number eight seed, the New England Lobster Roll versus the number one seed, the Italian Beef. Let's get it on, Mike. Let's open up the round table right now. You're going to go first, my friend. Let's just talk about this eight seed real quick before we bring in our presumptive champion Italian beef. Let's talk about the New England
1: lobster roll. Well, first of all, before we even continue on the lobster roll itself, is is there a better rebranding of any given food item than the lobster? We have to remember that back in like colonial times, it was like, it was, it was considered junk food. Like they, they fed it to pigs. They fed it to slaves. They fed it to like prisoners. It, it wasn't considered this, this elite uh, delicacy that we consider today. So right off the bat, I feel like you have to give the lobster roll some props in regards to, man, it just like, it just totally reinvented itself. Um, in regards to the lobster roll itself, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of conflicted. I mean, I enjoy... When I have it, but I don't. I don't ever crave it. There's, there's never been a time in my life where I'm like, I gotta get a lobster roll.
0: Cisco, let's go to you, my friend. When you think of the lobster roll, you know what do you think about?
2: Uh, I actually think about, you know, we have a few sandwiches in our in our bracket here, and for me, a sandwich kind of lives and dies. Not lives and dies, but the foundation of a sandwich is the the bread. The lobster roll to me has the best bread. <laughs> it's like a nice brioche, and it's always griddled in butter. Always, it's delicious. It's always warm, even if the lobster is cold. Um, that to me, it's like, you know, the phrase bread, bread and butter exists for a reason. I mean, lots of roles often are too expensive <laughs> let's just let's say that right yeah, they're sure. they're almost always too expensive but they're still delicious and i just you know bread and butter and it's hot and it's delicious
0: yeah that's kind of what it got going for it i was kind of looking at this list here and these are all like amazing amazing dishes that i've loved so many times in my life but for some reason the lobster roll is the one that kind of makes me go ooh la la for some reason i don't know <laughs> like what that is so real quick follow-up cisco before we go to ted can you screw up a lobster roll? What's easier to screw up, the bread or the lobster in the lobster roll for that sandwich for you? Uh,
2: it's easier to screw up the lobster for sure. But the bread, I mean, the bread, it's literally just you put some butter in a pan and you put the bread in. It's like, okay, it's delicious. I could eat that by itself, honestly. <laughs> Ted,
0: let's go to you, my friend. What is your relationship to the lobster roll? What are you thinking right now? Well, you know,
2: I
3: growing up in the Midwest, um, I... I had a vision of the lobster roll kind of being that cold mayonnaise-y lobster roll on a little hot dog bun and never really thought that much about it until I went out East and actually had um, a real lobster roll and found out that what I was eating all the time in the Midwest was actually called the lobster salad. Um, and so the lobster roll being served hot and really with no mayonnaise, just the butter and a little salt and, and pepper was a big game changer for me in terms of how I thought about the sandwich. Um, I would agree pretty expensive and not a lot of bang for your buck, always pretty small. You could, you know, crush like four of those things. That's my negative for me is just that it's, you know, I think it's delicious, it's rich, it's um, unique, brings you right to the ocean, but it's it's pricey and small.
1: Mike, hop in. Well, look, this is a a, a a Mike Choi tangent, if there ever was one, but I, I was going to bring this up or, or later, but since Cisco, you kind of mentioned it, we need to have the sandwich debate right now in regards to what consists of a sandwich, right? Is it just literally uh, anything that's contained between two pieces of bread? In that case, is a hot dog a sandwich? I mean, I guess, especially since we have so many candidates in this bracket that are quote unquote sandwiches, for you guys really quick, I mean, what is the definition of a sandwich? I
2: guess it's a bread with a filling. It's, I honestly, if you want to start a fight in the back of a restaurant, or in like a food journalism room, just ask that question, is a hot dog a sandwich? And people are gonna start this fighting. Um, <laughs> I mean, so is a, a a <laughs> is a hamburger sandwich?
1: Is a hamburger sandwich then? I would say yes. Wow. Okay. Um, Ted, are yeah. you, I, where do you fall on this spectrum? I'd put a hamburger in its own
3: category. I don't know. Again, I, I kind of grew up of that, you know, white bread, some mayonnaise, and some mustard makes a sandwich, you know? I was
0: going to say the mayo, the mayo, <laughs> once you put mayo into any equation, all of a sudden it starts to trend into sandwich territory. But I will say, it, I feel like even restaurants themselves, They don't even want to tackle that argument because how many times you go to a restaurant and you see it on the menu, burgers slash sandwiches, it's all in one category. They're not, they just don't want to separate it. You know what I mean? Like the hot dog one is tough for me. Almost everything else, like I'm probably wrap my head around and turn it into a sandwich, but the hot dogs open, it's open faced, right? So at the same time, it could just be like, it could, you know, is bruschetta a sandwich just because it's underneath some bread. I don't know. That's that's one, one, that's one one with so tough. My question for, for Ted, Cisco or Mike, whoever wants to join this one. Talking to some guys on the East Coast, you know, when I said New England lobster roll, they were like, oh, there's also the Connecticut lobster roll. Are you guys familiar with those two differences? And is there one that maybe is better? Because it seems like the New England one's more traditionally popular throughout like the rest of the country.
1: Well, I think Ted nailed it. I mean, what we at least—and I agree, Ted—growing in the Midwest, like a lobster roll is kind of like that cold salad, right? So that—that's traditionally, I think, the the main style. Correct me if I'm wrong. Whereas Connecticut style is what we're kind of more used to out here, where it's the buttery, warm, like poached lobster. Yeah, the um, so there on are the bread. there are yeah there are two dis- two distinctive styles, and yeah, I was blown away actually when I first had. Uh, uh, what you would refer to as a Connecticut salad. That's, I was like, that's delicious. Any like cold salad and a piece of bread, I'm like, I could I could do without.
0: Yeah, New England lobster roll. Now it's going up against our presumptive champ right now, the number one seed, the Gonzaga of this tournament right now, the Italian beef. Ted, my friend, you're going to go first on this one. Does the New England lobster roll have a chance in this particular bracket right now?
3: I, in my opinion, no, I, I don't <laughs> think that it, can, it can hold up to the beef. Um, I'll just say kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not sure there's a more fun sandwich to order than the Italian beef. Um, you know, walking up into the line and saying, give it a bath is about the best thing you can say to somebody.
0: Baptize it in the juice. <laughs> That's
3: right. And <laughs> there's never enough of that juice. So, um, so I would say Italian beef, hands down on this one.
0: Cisco, weigh in on the Italian beef. Um, you know, how do you like your beef too as well? Do you, do you, do you dip it? Do you get it wet? Are you a hot and sweet pepper guy or, or do you mix it up? What do you like to do?
2: well here's the thing for me i i I don't know if i've had a good italian beef being california bold and born and bred yeah it's it's kind of hard to get here and i've actually i asked i asked a a chef i used to work for he was from chicago i was like hey where in la do you get a good one he's like you you don't (laughs) so it's it's kind of an issue in that respect however i mean yes i've had one it's kind of like the best version of what a french dip is if, if you could take a guess,
0: what do you think we're, LA is getting wrong out here? I mean, obviously, because from what I understand, you know, is it, do you think it's like the ajus that they're getting wrong? Do you think it's like the way that they're like, um, you know, pickling kind of like all the different peppers and stuff? What do you think going on?
2: The pepper is definitely part of it, like all the condiments around it. Like the the, the LA French dip is very just pure. It's mm, like meat. It's yeah. just meat, really. I mean, you can get cheese on it, but really it's just meat. which is like that's nice. That's like, all right. I'm not gonna go out of my way for
3: that.
0: Ted, hop back in.
3: Yeah, I I think too, just you know, being out in, in LA, um, or even just the warmer climates, you know, it's it's definitely a cold weather sandwich, man. That thing is it's hot and it's filling. And, you know, it makes you just want to like lay on the couch the rest of the day. And so I I find that most of the food when I go out into those warmer climates, they just they can't duplicate that, man. And You never
0: took a hot beef down to Venice Beach on a hundred degree day (laughs) and just, you know, just kicked your feet up. Uh, That sounds like a disaster. Uh, Mike, Mike, weigh in on uh, what people affectionately call the working man's lunch.
1: Well, yeah, I know again, I don't think we need to take much time on this because I I think we know who's going to win this matchup. But real quickly, I think the reason it hasn't, you know, Cisco mentioned hasn't really caught on in LA is because one, there is the friendship. That is the LA sandwich, right? In terms Mm -hmm. of like this this idea of like, what is LA in terms of food? Two, I could do without and it didn't make our bracket even though it was on our list of candidates. The cheesesteak is pretty widespread as well. So you can find cheesesteak stands out out here in LA as well. And then thirdly, I think, you know, it's kind of this cliched idea that like if somebody's gonna open a quote-unquote chicago place in another state or city outside of chicago it's like we're gonna do deep dish we're gonna do the chicago style hot dog i think the italian beef is maybe an afterthought and with that being said francisco if you ever get the chance and uh, there's there's a, a restaurant chain called Portillo's, which is famously one of the most popular Italian beef places in Chicago. Um, there's one in Buena Park, and I know tons of you know transplants who will make that pilgrimage down to Buena Park from LA, which is like a forty minute to you know an hour, hour and a half depending on traffic, a drive to get that. So um, yeah, I mean Joey, I think we should move to the voting because there's no reason to expound anymore. I I think on this matchup.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you on that. My vote is for uh, Italian beef. I'm sorry, lobster roll. You came in, you got a ticket to the dance, but you're going home early. I'm going Italian beef. Cisco, which one are you voting for in this one? I'll go Italian beef. Italian beef, yeah, going with the front runner. Ted, what do you think? Italian beef versus lobster roll.
3: I'm a Midwestern guy. I'm going Italian beef all day.
0: Yeah, this sounds like a clean sweep right here. Thanks, lobster roll, for playing. Um, You know, (laughs) I I don't know any final words. A lobster roll is absolutely delicious for me. But personally, it just doesn't pass a lot of tests in terms of, you know, Ted, you nailed it. And, Mike, you also said, you know, the accessibility factor is a little bit, little bit wonky. And also at 3 a.m., I've never had a lobster roll at 3 a.m. to you know to satiate. And I've had yeah. Italian beefs that have sat in my stomach like a rock before. So that pretty much takes care of it right there. Let's move on to the next round right here. Let's bounce around a little bit, guys. This one I hate. So we're going to get out of the way because I love <laughs> both of these so much. It's the number four seed. It's the New Orleans Po' Boy versus the number five seed Chicago Deep Dish Pizza. Oh, man, this one, this one's going to really hurt. Uh, it's going to really hurt. But Cisco, I want you to go first, my friend. Uh, let's just talk about the New Orleans po' boy real quick. Um, you know, what is your relationship to the New Orleans po' boy?
2: Uh, the po' boy, I think is, a. I always think of it as like the American bonnie. <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> kind of a similar true, thing. True. Any excuse to eat fried oysters is cool to me. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. That's So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a solid sandwich.
0: Yeah, it's a great sandwich. It's a must-have when you go to New Orleans. Uh, Mike, hop in on this one right here. Just talk about the New Orleans po' boy.
1: Yeah, this is a hard matchup because, I mean, I think uh, I can speak for all of us who have been to New Orleans. I mean... we could have done a bracket just on New Orleans food, right? Whether it's the beignet, whether it's gumbo, mufaladas, etouffee, jambalaya. I mean, it is just as great as a food city that Chicago is, as great as a food city as LA is. Like, I don't think you can top New Orleans. And if 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 you're not gaining five to ten pounds when you visit New Orleans, you you did something wrong. And I think the the uh, the thing that represents that most is the po' boy. And I I will just say. Anything that can pair roast beef and fried oysters together, which kind of in your mind doesn't necessarily sound delicious, at least on paper. And then when you taste it, it's just like this explosion of deliciousness in your mouth right, right there. Uh, I mean, that a lot has to be said for it.
0: Yeah. The historical birth is just meat and bread, right? And that's, and that's where you get, that's where you get the polar boy. You're just like kind of slinging them out. And the history of where they were invented is pretty kind of up in the air, right? I mean, pretty much, it seems like everyone's on board with like where the bread and the style came from, but exactly when it specifically started, you've got like jazz musicians saying it started in 1917. You got people saying that it didn't come around. until 30, 40 years later, when it up, ended up in the paper, I mean, this thing has got a lot of mysticism around it, which is really cool. Ted talk about the po' boy and also yeah. Reveal, like, are you an oyster shrimp guy? Do you put meat in? it? if you had your choice of po' boy, what are you going to do?
3: And I, I love a po' boy. And again, I'm gonna say, just growing up in the Midwest, like a seafood sandwich for me was a fillet of fish from McDonald's, <laughs> um, and which actually is a really good sandwich in my opinion. But um, that pole boy just brings you <laughs> right down to New Orleans, man. And you're like, as soon as you take a bite, you're transported to Bourbon Street. And um, and I personally, I love the fried oysters, but it's hard for me to turn down some crawfish on that. Mm, uh, good on call. Um, so I'm a huge fan of the sandwich. I love the kind of the softness of the, the bread on the inside versus the crunch on the outside. And, um, man, it's, that's a good one.
0: And you know, what's so funny about it is it might be in Cisco. Tell me if I'm wrong. This might be the most simplistic food that we have here on this list. I mean, I don't know. Is there, would you say that there, in terms of complicated, a complicated scale of all the foods that we have on this list is the po' most, the most simplistic.
2: I think like, yeah simplistic or basic or even like the definition of a cowboy i'm still a little hazy on them. what is it is it just meat and bread is there lettuce usually there is is there mayonnaise or remoulade i don't really know and then when i've served it i'm like oh i'll put remoulade to make it more creole-ish but it's also like what is a cowboy i don't totally know how is it what is not a po boy? <laughs> that's a good question. But I don't even know
0: the answer to it, honestly. What's not a po' boy? Yeah, that's the better question, Mike. Hop in.
1: Well, I think that you nailed it, Cisco. I think the fact that the po' boy itself can have any number of ingredients it it speaks to the fact that it represents New Orleans, right? More so than hey, what makes a sandwich itself? You you know, it, to your point, Ted. You love crawfish. I love oysters. Cisco love. Cisco loves oysters, but you can also have roast beef in it. You can also have, you know, fried catfish. So there's no defining ingredient that makes it a po boy. So to me, I think that's in a weird way, that's what makes New Orleans so powerful in the idea that like it this is a New Orleans sandwich. There's no doubt about it. When you have a po boy, it's a New Orleans sandwich, regardless of the ingredient.
0: And it's going up against that's the number four seed. It's going up against the number five seed chicago deep dish and gentlemen i'm going first for this one right now because i'm telling you right now the fact <laughs> that the deep dish is a five seed is a complete travesty i'll tell you all gentlemen right now now look like you're trying to tell me right now that friday night pizza night didn't involve deep dish pizza at some point in your life right now like tgif family matters full house step by step they would not be television shows if it was not for the deep dish pizza You order it tall. You order it. You can put whatever you want in it. I know we're going to have the conversation about is it a casserole or whatever. Don't even start with me right now. If you want if you want pizza and you want love, you love pizza. You want it top to the mountains. You want as deep as it could possibly get. And after two slices, you ask yourself, you know, what am I doing with my life? Am I doing the right thing or not? Uh, Created by Rosati's in 1926, but really like Uno's brought it on the map in 1943. There's been many iterations. There's been many tries at it. It's been spawned off in all these different kinds of ways. Sure, you can make your like little simple slice of pizza, but deep dish is a totally different game because you're playing with the crust. You're playing with the chunky tomato sauce, which I love so much. I mean, deep dish pizza. There's nothing better on, on the planet Earth. Ted, my friend, hop in. You're from the Midwest. I mean, you know, you're shaking your head right now. Like you just you, you're thinking about some some high school sweetheart right now. And it's <laughs> pizza. Uh, tell, me tell me about your multiple sweethearts, about your deep dish, uh, deep dish relationship.
3: I agree, man. I think I, for me, it's every Friday night. I mean, you try to order a, a pizza on a Friday night. You're waiting an hour and a half, two hours to get that, you know, pizza from Milnati's or um, from Uno's or wherever you're going with it. So it is definitely a tradition here in Chicago for families to do that, get together, you know, drink some wine, eat some pizza, have a good Friday night and get to bed early. So you're ready for the next day. Um, you know, I I think deep dish gets a bad rap because when it's done poorly, it's done really poorly. And um, Great you know, call. It,
0: you can it, screw it, can, it up.
3: You can screw it up badly and uh, too doughy and things like that. And so, if you don't really go to the big players in the game, you're risking kind of getting this negative opinion of what a deep dish is, in, in my opinion.
0: Cisco, I want to go to you, my friend, because obviously, you know, we're, we're from the Midwest and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I got it's very near and dear to my heart. And that's just kind of the way that I was raised. It doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. Uh, just what's your take on uh, deep dish pizza? Its relationship to the West Coast, honestly, out here. And do you feel like that there are certain places that maybe do it right, or it's just kind of maybe a little more of a work in progress out here?
2: It's probably more of a work in progress for sure. I I feel like I should apologize right now for being from California and not loving it as much as you guys. But I mean, I do love a good deep dish. I've been to Chicago. I I did the tourist thing and ate at all the deep dish places, and it's delicious. It was delicious. Um, For me, it's like kind of a one slice and done situation. Totally. Which... It's both a pro and a con, right? It's like, okay, I had one slice, great. And now I have five more for later. Um, <laughs> but, but also like, it's it's kind of heavy. Sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. It is no,
0: a little God. bit heavy. We, wanna, we <laughs> want honesty, man. We want honesty. Um, and when you say, obviously, you know, the heaviness is, is yeah, it's inherent in there. And that's a really great point where sometimes you get that thin, cr- uh, thin crust pizza, you want to eat slice after slice after slice, and maybe deep just kind of, you know, shortens you off a little bit. Uh, do you have any particular ingredients, Cisco, that you like throwing on there and if you were to have a, a really good deep dish?
2: Uh, I do prefer, I guess, I don't know if this is just the plain one or what, with just the ch- cheese and tomato sauce and I guess sausage and pepperoni. Yeah. I mean, I'm a,
0: I'm a sucker for sausage and pepperoni on any pizza, frankly, any style. Yeah, the Lou Malnati's, I guess, just we just get the sausage patty straight across. Yeah. We don't really get too fancy with to it. Keep it simple and basic, and it's pretty amazing. Mike, uh, hop in, my friend, on Deep Dish. What do you think – now it's Deep Dish versus Po' Boy now at this point, man. Like, you know, where are you starting to lean on this particular matchup?
1: Well, listen, at the risk of losing my Chicago card, um, I will tell you this. When I go back home – the first thing i want to get is an italian beef i don't crave deep dish pizza i crave an italian beef for any time i get back home which is not necessarily a slam against the deep dish pizza but it's more in praise obviously of the italian beef um for me i at least personally i did not grow up eating it very frequently to me it was kind of and i think this is maybe a, a thing that is is Kind of a thing for a lot of Chicagoans depending on what side of the scale you fall in deep dish pizza was a special thing to to us it was a, it was a special occasion it wasn't a regular thing um and you guys tell me actually for me I think what we ate Uh, more predominantly or at least in my family uh, in terms of pizza is what has chicly now been referred to as tavern style right it's the crispy crisp crispy crust uh, that's cut into square pieces so I think people don't even realize there is a whole other category of quote-unquote Chicago pizza that is thin crust pizza Um, so yeah I mean I I, I'm I you know I in in this matchup uh, it's it's not it's not a presumptive that the guy from Chicago would vote for deep dish pizza
0: No, not at all. And me too. I mean, I love a po' boy. I mean, dude, like I truly, I'm not even really that big of like, so when I go to a restaurant, I'm not necessarily the guy that goes seafood. You know, I I, I'm really not. I'm probably more of a meat and potatoes guy at a restaurant. That's just my personal vibe. But if there's like a po' boy on the menu or anything like that, like I'm hitting that super hard. So this isn't like, these are two of my loves right here, but I think it might be time to vote Cisco. My friend, you're going to go first po' boy versus deep dish. What are you thinking?
2: um if i'm at a restaurant that has everything on the menu which is a red flag
0: but <laughs> 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 but i i would have to go with po boy go, go, go po boy all right one po boy
3: uh ted my friend hop in you know with a deep dish there's always the possibility that you could just choke to death on the cheese which can be exciting right you got to pay attention to what you're doing but Every time there's a po' boy on the menu, you at least consider it, right? And so I gotta go po'
0: boy. Po' oh boy, two to nothing. Po' boy, holy cow! Me myself, I love danger. All right, I love when I'm eating my meal. I'm 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 willing to consider it might be the last meal of my life. I'm taking deep dish right now. It's two to one. Po' boy has two. Deep dish has one. This is gonna come down to Mike. You Mr. know, I Mister Tavern <laughs> style here. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a little scared.
1: You know, I'm going to be very diplomatic. I am going to go uh, one representing my roots. I'm going to go deep dish pizza. We have our first tie. Oh, exactly. To get us to the tie, which brings up our first tie-breaking game. So I think for this, Ted, we're going to have you participate in our first tie-breaking game. Uh, We're going to go with true or false. I'm going to give you five true or false questions, and you have to get at least three of them correct. Since you voted for the boy, if you get three or more correct, that means the boy will advance. So are you ready, Ted? I am ready. All right. Question one true or false? Pepperoni by volume is the most popular pizza topping. False. It's true. We consume over 250 million pounds of pepperoni each year. So, number two, I thought it was sausage. (laughs) Number two, this is this will be kind of up your alley, Ted. A full slab of ribs contains eight to 10 ribs in the order. False. You are correct. A full slab of ribs should contain 11 to 13 ribs. Number three, a traditional po boy is served on ciabatta bread. False. You are correct. Sometimes referred to as an oyster loaf, as Francisco mentioned, a traditional po'boy is served on French bread. Now, rumor has it because New Orleans is below sea level, the humid atmosphere prevents the bread from getting too hard, providing that perfect level of crispiness. So you got two correct so far. So just one more correct, Ted, and the po'boy moves on. Come on, baby. Just like the crab, lobsters can be eaten soft shell style.
3: Ugh, I'm going to go false on that one.
1: It is true. Oh. Like all crustaceans, lobsters shed their shell in a process called molting and can usually be caught in the months of July and October. So here we go, Ted. We're going to the last question that determines whether or not the pole boy moves on. Question oh. five. R&B singer Bobby Brown has his own line of hot sauces. Man, I love
3: Bobby Brown, but I don't know about his side hustles at all. Um, other than maybe selling drugs. I'm gonna go <laughs> with false. It is
1: true. Oh, In 2014, true? the Bobby Brown food company produces a line of hot sauces, barbecue sauces, and cooking seasonings, which means deep dish by the narrowest of margins, advances out to the next round. Deep
0: Dish limps out of the round. Who knows what's going to happen after that, whether they can survive the next one, but Deep Dish wins. And before we get to the very next round, let's kind of do a little quick little meet and greet with some of our guests here. Cisco, uh, if you could just tell the good listeners a little bit about just, you know, your background, your journey. To you know the restaurants and stuff that you work at to this day, and maybe also when you're home by yourself, uh, what's your culinary cook style? Is it exactly the same as the menu, or do you like to do kind of your own thing at home?
2: Uh, definitely do my own thing at home. I, ever since I started cooking, cooking was a, actually a career switch for me. I came to LA like a like a lot of suckers trying to be in movies, um, and then <laughs> eventually decided, no, I don't I'm know what you're talking that. about, <laughs> <laughs> but um, eventually, I just I just found that I would uh, enjoy cooking a lot, so I started doing that, and I went to culinary school and started working at restaurants, and now I work uh, for a, it's actually a corporate food service company, so we do you know food service at uh, big corporate headquarters type places, but um, as far as cooking at home, I found that once I started cooking professionally, I, cooking at home is a lot simpler. It's kind of a joke among restaurant workers that our consumption of fast food went way up <laughs> once you start cooking professionally, because it's like, you know, you knock off a shift, it's one in the morning, I'm going to go have a jack-in-the-box. I'm sorry. I'm going to get the, <laughs> the ultimate cheeseburger because I'm hungry and I'm tired and I want to go
0: home. But uh, <laughs> is, that a, is that a myth that we can kind of dispel where, like, I think some people think that, like, um, and chefs and people that are, are talented at their craft won't touch that food because it's peasant food. But I've also, I've really kind of found just being around chefs and working with them that they like really try love to try almost everything and they like the same foods that everyone else does it it's not like a there's not an elitist uh class system to it
2: oh 100 100 i like everyone who i have cooked with just loves food period no matter how you can get it um there's a handful of chefs who even will like they'll take whatever something from mcdonald's and try and reinvent it and like make it nicer but the inspiration is still i eat at mcdonald's
1: Mike, hop in. Well, Cisco. Hey, real quick, and I know this can be a lengthy discussion, so just a quick answer on your part because I'm actually in the market for one German chef knife or Japanese chef knife.
0: Oh, we've uh, had this conversation on a text thread.
2: Really? Um, I mean, as a chef, I just I like buying all the tools, so of course I have both. But I've been really leaning on the Japanese style. They're they're lighter. They're a little bit just easier to deal with. I, I personally, I have a it's the Japanese buto. It's the Japanese. It's actually the Japanese version of a Western chef's knife, but yeah, that's that's where I go. I go Japanese. I like the lighter,
1: I like the lighter weight. And Ted, for you, especially in the barbecue market, it, it, does that mean probably a German sturdier knife is a little bit more apt for what you need? No, I,
3: I we on our team we use a lot of the shun uh, Japanese knives. So I I have a set of German knives as well. I think they are you know the good rocking motion makes it easy, um, but I, the Japanese knives just look way cooler. They do.
1: They definitely look cool. It's like it's the thing you want to show off when you add it. Yeah. Uh now that's a
0: knife. I just think of crocodiles on D when that comes up to play there. <laughs> uh gentlemen, let's move on. This this next topic, uh, this one might be my favorite. It's the number two seed. It is Buffalo Wings versus the number seven seed, the Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. Ted, I think we're gonna go first with you, my friend. Let's just talk first about, um, let's talk about our challenger, the number seven seed, the Na- the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. What do you think uh, when you think of a Nashville hot?
3: Well, this is the one that it's kinda of gained popularity nationally like in the last decade, right? And nobody had really heard of it before um, unless you were you know, living in, in Nashville. Um, I've only had it twice in my life um, and I really didn't enjoy it at all, either time. I I thought there was too much spice and not enough uh, of the fried chicken. So I like a, I like a spicy food, but not when it's inedible. And that's kind of what I get from a um, that Tennessee Nashville hot chicken sandwich. It, the pickles kind of get lost. They don't do the balance that you would think maybe they give you, in my opinion. And and again, I'm kind of like a for for me fried chicken it's like, man, that thing, it's sacred. And if it doesn't have that crunch and crisp to it, then I get upset. And I think that sauce just kind of makes it all moist.
0: Yeah. Cisco, I'd love, uh, I'd love for you to weigh in just on your personal opinion on the Nashville hot chicken sandwich, but also the concept of uh, hotter is better. Um, Do you, do you do you like things that are super spicy or do you actually kind of maintain that balancing of, of flavors is actually still kind of a part of what we enjoy about eating food?
2: Uh, I'm a big fan of balance. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Ted on this, but it's, if you're going to blow out my palate and I'm just chewing and I'm not tasting anything. Um, and, you know, with fried chicken, like if it was fried chicken in this tournament, hands down, fried chicken. But now we're taking the glory of crispy fried chicken and we're just putting a bunch of stuff on it. I'm not really a fan of that. I mean, I think the only thing I can say for the hot chicken is, is that the best origin story of any of our foods, I think. It does. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's revenge, so good. Yeah. The revenge story of the woman yeah. who used the husband's cheating on him so she <laughs> tries to spice his chicken. That's a really cool story. Yeah. But that said, I, I don't... I don't want that punishment for myself.
0: Personally, <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the thing is when you're you, you have it for forever. Now I'm going to think like this was made for someone who is pissed off at someone else and I'm about to <laughs> ingest it just right now. Uh, Mike uh, weigh in, um, maybe detail a little bit more of that history. If you want to talk about the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. And also I want to kind of go around too. like um, I want to hear are we mild medium uh, ghost pepper right. hot sauce right. kind of
1: people. I mean, it is the equivalent of the waiter spitting in your food, but yet you're like, "Oh my God, I love that! What is that missing ingredient?" But yes, it's traced back to Thornton Prince III, who is the uh, most uh, generally credited as the creator of the sandwich. And to Cisco, you nailed on the uh, you nailed it on the head. He had a he had a uh, I don't know if it was actually someone he was married to, but basically he had he was in a relationship was caught cheating, and as revenge, his his partner just like completely doused the thing in hot sauce and he was like instead of like oh my god this is horrible he's like i'm gonna sell this so it's it's kind of crazy how that story came about um the only thing i'm going to add about the chicken sandwich is that i can't ted you nailed it i can't remember at least in my lifetime a food craze that has so overwhelmed this country i mean you can find it at least in la you can find it everywhere. And not only that, every restaurant, every fast food chain, every commercial that you're seeing, they're trying to capitalize off of, you know, the original, you know, this idea of a hot or spicy chicken sandwich. So just the fact that it's so like, prevalent now. It has to, there has to be something said about the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. That it's just dominated the food space right now, whether you care for it or not. So for me, it, it, it's the idea that like what has become ubiquitous in terms of any of these food items. And, and right now, there's not a hotter dish, pardon the pun, than the hot chicken sandwich right in this country right now.
0: Yeah, it's been pretty incredible, actually. And just in terms of Nashville as a city, what it's been able to do, I feel like over the last 20 to 25 years, Not alone, I mean, it's always been kind of known for its music scene, right? But now it's got the food thing going. And yeah, the hot chicken sandwich has just kind of been this slow burn that I almost feel like it's kind of replaced the pulled pork. Where I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, if you went to a place, it was kind of all about, you know, that different pulled pork and that sauce and stuff. And now it feels like it's the Nashville hot chicken sandwich. That's the number seven seed. And it's going up against the number two seed, Buffalo Wings. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I saw Buffalo Wings and it made the list, I kind of went, what the hell? Uh, this is kind of crazy. But then when you dive into it, I mean, the buffalo wings, it's just go name one bar that you go to that does not have a buffalo wing. This thing is now in our DNA. It's in the fabric of like who we are in terms of of an American cuisine these days. And also another fun part about that I didn't really realize, obviously created in Buffalo, but created by an Italian. Uh, If you go through this list, <laughs> yeah. through the top eight, well, we got at least like 50, 50, 50 or 60% of these people are all Italian inventors. Mike, uh, go first on Buffalo wings. And uh, yeah, just talk to us about it, Cause this thing, it's a heavy hitter. I mean, it's underrated because it's just so popular.
1: I, you know, the thing to me is that like, it's to your point, Joey, it's amazing. I cannot think of any bar menu, any sporting event, any, 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 just food event where you're putting on a spread where the buffalo wing is not there, right? And, and just for to avoiding the confusion sake, when we mentioned the buffalo wing, we're, we're talking about hot wings, we're talking about chicken wings. So we'll, we'll use those terms interchangeably. Um, that story is actually almost as interesting, too, as the hot chicken sandwich in that uh, Teresa Bellissimo, who who is the Italian creator of the buffalo wing, she actually, you know, pivoted because she was supposed to get an order of chicken necks and instead she got an order of chicken wings i was like what am i going to do with it and then she decided to sauce it and serve it as buffalo because italians
0: never throw out food I,
1: what makes me wonder if if the chicken wing was such a weird thing what was she going to do with those chicken necks so i so it's amazing that we could have lived in a world where the chicken neck is the great big bar food but um yeah this is a strong i mean it's the number two seed but this is a strong strong contender for me it's
0: just a big part of you know going out and having a good time. It's the social food. It's just um, I, I think it just kind of goes overlooked. Cisco, talk about uh, buffalo wings, uh, your relationship with them, and uh, you know, uh, you know, do you like them? Do you like how we do it out here in LA? Uh, yeah, I
2: love bu- their, buffalo wings. Are just reliable. They're gonna be good. Um, to you know, Ted was mentioning earlier in the deep dish conversation how you gotta get a good deep dish. Buffalo wings are almost always gonna be good. It's really hard to screw them up. And there's you can cook them ten different ways. You're not. You're probably not going to screw it up. So it's, it's it's kind of trustworthy in that sense. If you're in a sketchy bar, like okay, just get a beer and the buffalo wings, you'll be fine. Um,
0: <laughs> and, and wait, and real quick, isn't it fair to say that maybe and, and for me, some of the best buffalo wings I've ever had have been at some of the diviest, shittiest bars yes. ever? Like you know yes. what I mean? Absolutely. What is that about?
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're probably buying frozen, but that. Speaks to, like <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's, it's easy. It's easy to do. Um, and also you mentioned earlier You don't throw anything away Just as a chef Anytime you can take a piece of trim And make a money-making dish out of it Like kudos, 10 points to you it's a Great job
0: <laughs> Yeah, uh, Ted, I want you to weigh in on, on the buffalo wing here Um That created, I mean the buffalo wing Created two pillars Of our American Institutional Colorary Foundation Buffalo Wild Wings And Hooters um, So just, just weigh in <laughs> <laughs> those two those two giants of the industry.
3: That's that was one of my points, is that I'm, I'm not sure any of the other foods on this, you know, other than maybe the pizza have their own like restaurants that really are just focused on that dish. Um, and there's a million spin-offs of of all those kind of wing places all over the place. I would say 1.4 billion. Chicken wings consumed on Super Bowl Sunday. It's hard to, <laughs> oh it's hard to kind of say that this, you know, shouldn't just be a, a, an easy win for the Buffalo wing.
0: Yeah, I think this one, uh, this might feel like across the board here. I'm gonna vote Buffalo wings, Mike. What say you?
1: Uh, 100% Buffalo wings, Cisco.
0: Buffalo wings. And Ted, we got a clean sweep all day yeah we're rocking it through right there sorry nashville chicken sandwich you're hot right now but you can't knock off you can't knock off the king that's been with us for way too long before we go to our next round ted uh i want i want you to weigh in real quick man i i think your story is really interesting just talk about just kind of when you got involved in you know when you got involved in barbecuing smoking you said you're on a team too as well walk the listeners kind of through that a little bit and uh and why you love it
3: yeah i just um i i'm a teacher By trade, and uh, just had a couple of buddies who I worked with who liked cooking, and we would always get together, call it chilling and grilling, just try cooking something new. And, uh, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago, one of the guys went down to Memphis in May, which is a huge barbecue competition in Kansas. And and he just, you know, came back and was like, guys, we got to try smoking. And we borrowed a smoker from someone, and then the rest is history. We just totally got into it and just fell in love with the kind of you know the trying to perfect. It's such an art form, and there's little tweaks here and a little tweaks there that makes such a difference for you. So um, just kind of always just playing with it. What's our rub going to be? Our rub has evolved. You know, we add or subtract an ingredient almost every year. You know, as we continue to just try to to search for perfection. Um, And so then we started competing. And that was fun and we we had a good time. And then, you know, the competitions, a lot of them are on um, big holiday weekends and things like that. And and you spend, you know, the night sleeping there and we are going up against guys who are like sleeping in RVs. And we were in those like old ass lawn chairs that you just like, you can't, they don't even recline or anything and just getting our butts kicked and spending a lot of time away from our families. So um, as our kids, you know, we're started to be born our wives are like no man like, you're not leaving fourth of july weekend uh, to go drink beer and like spend all this money on meat and not bring any money home so we started catering um you know just kind of did the graduation retirement party circuit and that was actually better because when you're competing everybody tells you what's wrong with your food but when you're cooking for a party people just tell you how great it is and so that's much more rewarding Plus, we were kind of getting paid, which is also a, a nice little bonus. So um, that's what we've been doing lately. We've been, you know, COVID has obviously uh, killed the graduation and retirement party. But we've done some private events which have been a lot of fun where um, we go teach a rib class and uh, typically we'll, you know, it's like bourbon and and barbecue and um, So we just kind of combination. (laughs) Yeah, we pair the two and we go to your house and we we have some pre rib, you know, pre prepped ribs ready to go. But we teach you everything from taking the silver skins off to rubbing them and prepping them and working your smoker. So um, we've just had a lot of fun kind of doing that.
1: That's awesome. Mike, hop in. Uh, Super quick question, Ted. And and by the way, I've had the honor of having Ted's barbecue and it's delicious. And if anybody gets a chance to get Ted's barbecue, do it do it. Um, Ted, I don't know either way, though, uh, is would you say that your barbecue is a particular style? And if so, do you kind of just more of a general question? Do you adhere to this idea that like, oh, you should stick to one style of barbecue? Or in the end for you, is it ultimately about, hey, man, we're going to grill, smoke, cook this meat, as well as it can be cooked. And and it doesn't regardless, irregardless of style.
3: Yeah, whenever whenever we're teaching, you know, a, a class on barbecue, we always say it's like pizza, you know, everybody's got mm-hmm. their preference for it. So you got to do what you like to do. We we tend to do more of like a what they call a dry rib, right? So we're going to talk about Kansas City barbecue here in a little bit. That's almost the complete opposite of what we do. Um, and so we'll, we'll rub ours. We may glaze ours while it's on the grill, but we're, ty- we're typically serving it with a side of barbecue sauce. I always feel like if you walk into a barbecue restaurant and they are touting their sauces, their barbecue is probably not that good. Right, if your sauce is your best uh-huh. quality, you're probably spending a lot of time on your sauce and covering up some kind of crappy meat. Um, and so, you know, we like people that kind of taste the meat and just try to build these layers of flavor between the meat, the rub, maybe a glaze, and then a sauce might be just a nice extra layer of flavor there as a compliment. So, um, we're kind of a hybrid. You know, actually, there's a there's a guy named Mike Mills who was Myron Mixon before Myron Mixon ever existed. He just passed away, unfortunately, recently, but he, Southern Illinois, he was like the grand champion, won everything. And he did this, you know, fruit wood barbecue, um, that was served dry. And so we kind of have always copied him. That's a
0: great tip too, as well. I feel like maybe some taco stands and burrito shops too. I felt like that too, where the sauces are really amazing. It's maybe to just kind of cover up, maybe just not so great food at the time, which is a really <laughs> interesting tip. And you teased it, my friends. So let's get into it. It's uh it's our final seed of the, of the one. We got three in for our final four. We got to find one more right now. It's the number six seed, New York style pizza. Versus the number three seed, Kansas City barbecue. Let's just start first with the New York City pizza, right there, New York style. Uh, Cisco, if you'd like to go first, you know the New York style. Um, you know, what's your take on it? And you know, I, I maybe garnered a guess that you might like it a little bit better than the deep dish. But why? Uh,
2: I, I do. I actually think that like, the New York style is kind of the perfect food. It's kind of the just the right balance of everything. A good like New York style pizza. You know, I can order a large and just eat it for three days straight, or two days straight, or what have you. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like you know, you have it at night, and then you wake up, and then cold pizza the next morning. Like I'm, I'm all about that. That's that sounds great to me. It's the type of thing that I really can't get enough of.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say uh, follow up real quick. Um, just walk us through it. I I love what you're saying too. The great thing about the New York style is you can eat it with one hand. You know what I mean? Any any food that you know what I mean that's kind of goes for any occasion kind of works. Um, are you a folder are you a folder of your slice and also if you can weigh in on because we got to bring it out there the people that like to eat their new york style with a knife and a fork we can weigh in on that too as well uh,
2: Oh, definitely a folder um, <laughs> yeah. a knife and a fork is kind of an, an abomination
0: mike uh, i want you to hop into as well and to be very fair uh, didn't Obama also eat pizza with a knife and a fork once <laughs> too as well, just to be very fair about it, if we're going to talk about our. Well, listen, <laughs> then we'd
1: also have to, we'd also have to knock deep dish pizza, right? Cause you have to eat deep dish with a knife and fork. So it's um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a preference, but uh, I don't think it automatically disqualifies you from the pizza realm. Um, you know, there's something to be said about something that gets sold 3 billion times in a year, right? There are three billion pizzas sold every year in the united states alone i mean that I, I i can't even put my mind around that number but with that being said i i don't know man i i great it's convenient great it's cheap but i mean i think also you're paying 60 cents on the dollar for the grease that's dripping off of that slice so you know you if you
0: tamper if, do you get your extra napkins do you tamp it you tamp well it i also? do
1: well and i must be having terrible pizza because i'll usually like just you know, put it downwards to let the grease just drip off, you know, oh so that's God. how much grease is on it. So, you know, if we're only going to have one pizza representative in this bracket, move forward, I, 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 you guys know where my vote's going.
0: Ted uh, weigh in on uh New York style pizza. And also maybe does it have any chance against Casey barbecue for you?
3: I, I think it does. I, 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 mean, New York style pizza, it's, it's got the advantage of really being the first to the market, right? It's like, that's what has informed mm people's idea of what pizza should be in the United States. The American um,
0: Neapolitan or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah.
3: yeah. and It's the first fast food. It, it for sure is. And it's definitely, you know, convenient, easy to eat, love going in like late night, order a slice or two, man, and, you know, put some red chili flakes on there and, and go to town. It's great. I am opposite of Choi. I am disgusting. So I love the grease. It's almost like you fold <laughs> it and it's just like a funnel. <laughs> you know, to pour the grease yeah, down your yeah. throat, um, <laughs> Ringing out like clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> To me, that's amazing. That's part of the experience. You know, I want that, that paper plate they serve it on to just be like ripping apart, you know, being soaked through by the time I'm done with it. Um, again, I think any kind of pizza, it's really the crust. And, um, so if that crust is good you, and you do it right, New York style pizza is really tough to beat.
0: Yeah, and the thing that New York Style's got going for it in this tournament right now is day or night, Cisco, you nailed it, man. It could be 8 a.m., it could be 8 p.m., it could be 3 a.m. It doesn't really matter. Like a New York Style slice of pizza is going to go down pretty smooth, and it's going to get the job done, and you could have it for any occasion. Kind of going back to, like, would I have a lobster roll at 3 a.m., or is that even a possibility? I don't think so, necessarily. Cisco, I want to hop to you on KC Barbecue real quick. Just talking about a little bit about what Ted was kind of mentioning, isn't what makes KC Barbecue so interesting is not just that it was invented, that one specific way that it spawned so many different iterations and variations of the way that you can cook it and make it. Isn't that what makes it special?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think what these two things have in common is actually how they've become this dominant influence on food outside of the regions where they're from. Um, i think a lot of random people who are just in california who don't know a thing about barbecue when they make barbecue on the porch of light they're probably making kansas city style barbecue they're just kind of slathering meat with sauce and kind of going from there um so it's informed yeah yeah pretty much a lot of people's idea of barbecue um and i do like their sauces i believe i could be wrong tend to be sweeter than the other barbecue regions which is i'm all right with <laughs> like sugar sugar's not a bad thing i mean it's bad for your health maybe but it's delicious um so yeah i i do like that and i do like that they kind of do more well at least versus texas they do more pork in Kansas city
0: yeah and i think just what's interesting about Casey barbecue yeah is as you said like it's a dominant style that has inspired so many different versions right and mike if you want to hop in on this too you know, I'm looking it up a guy named Henry Perry mm-hmm. kind of yep. created it in Memphis, but then was moved to Kansas City. I mean, it is it's a southern it's a southern culinary dish. We can call it Casey barbecue because that's where it originated. Yeah. But then it really kind of spawned off down through all these different regions and areas throughout America, creating their own style. You know,
1: exactly. Yeah. And I'm not going to say too much because I, I would love to get our resident barbecue expert, Ted, to really weigh in on this. So I'll, all I'm going to say is, you know, without getting too political, but in this climate, there is something to be said about, you know, something that is a quintessential American uh, food culture having been started predominantly by African Americans. You know, barbecue was a pivotal business for black entrepreneurship, you know, early in the early 20th century. So I, to me, I think that speaks volumes about kind of the cultural significance of this particular uh, uh, food item. Ted, you mentioned
0: before, you know, KC barbecue might not necessarily be your style when you compete, but does that style and does just the fact that it exists, is that enough to put it over the top for you with New York style pizza? I,
3: I, I, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I don't necessarily prefer to cook it that way, but I, I am not a barbecue snob. I'll, I'll eat any of it. And I, I enjoy, um, a good, KC Barbecue Restaurant, man, I love Arthur Bryant's. You know, you love Gates. All those places that you hear of, um, they're legit. They do a great job. I like, you know, the Henry Perry story is a, is an amazing one. If you think about Missouri being a, a southern state, you know, in the Civil War and all of that, and and here he's bringing kind of working class and and the wealthy white class together around his barbecue, um, and was accepted, kind of, you know by white people in that moment, I think is a big deal. What I The other thing I think that that sets KC barbecue apart is in Texas, you're beef, right? In Carolina, you're pork. And KC is a beautiful blend of everything. And um, they kind of brought burnt ends to the market, which man, burnt ends are really dang good. And so, um, you know, I think they they are this kind of mix of everything and they do it all really well. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, they tend to do the lighter woods instead of like the real hardwoods which give it more of that kind of texas flavor you know what i mean when you're using a hard wood you're getting like a mesquite right and it's something real smoky and harsh and they kind of started with that lighter fruit wood um and so i think it's a it's a it's going to be tough to knock it off.
0: Well, it's time to vote. Are we going to be able to put the mesquite where our mouth is on this one? Let's get a vote on this, Mike. You're going to go first, my friend. Casey barbecue versus New York style pizza.
1: Casey barbecue, hands down. Fuck New York style pizza.
0: <laughs> whoa, coming in hot. <laughs> coming in with a torpedo there, out of nowhere. Uh, Cisco, my friend. Casey barbecue versus New York style pizza. I'm going to
2: go New York style pizza. We're tied at one.
0: We're <laughs> tied at one. It's still alive. Tad, my friend, uh, KC Barbecue versus New York Style Pizza.
3: I'm a member of the Kansas City Barbecue Association. I think I'd be kicked out if I didn't vote for (laughs) Kansas City Barbecue at this moment.
0: 13,000 strong. Nice. Good call on the Kansas City Barbecue Society. Uh, Guys, let's have some fun. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to tie it up. Let's tie it up with New York style pizza. Let's go two for two here. I think a lot of people listening right now are probably 50, 50 on this topic. So let's just decide the old fashioned way with Mike Choi trivia questions. Take it away, Mike. We have
1: another tie breaking game. So this time Cisco, you will be representing New York style pizza. So basically I'm going to give you a trivia question. I'm going to give you four multiple choice answers. If you get it right, that means New York style pizza advances. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Buffalo Wild Wings has an amazing 26 sauces to choose from. Which one of these four sauces is not a real sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings? Is it jam and jalapeno, desert heat, truffalo, or hubba hubba spice? Which one is not an actual sauce?
2: Truffalo! (laughs) Uh, Good Lord. Hubba hubba spice? You are correct. The Hubba spice yeah. is
1: not a sauce <laughs> of oh. buffalo wild wings. I thought I thought I was going to stump you with that one. So, unfortunately, that means New York style pizza has advanced indoors. <laughs> I find it, it.
0: has won New York style. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Just Live, a trusted source for high quality wellness, CBD products created by athletes just for you. Now look, during this crazy time, maybe you're trying to get more sleep, maybe you're trying to work on your energy, you're trying to protect your immune system. That's why Just Live came out with their brand new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors, sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. They're vegan and low sugar, plus they're founded by professional athletes, Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez, because they wanted to create a cbd product that they could trust and they could stand behind it is finally here so if you need support with sleep focus energy stress or immune health i highly recommend giving these a try and right now if you buy one of their new gummy products you get one free that's right there are six different benefits to choose from instead of just choosing one visit justlive.com and use code support to buy one get one free that's right buy one get one free of the new gummies in line with the code support at justlive.com now back to the pod All right, everyone, it is time. It is time for the final four here on Bracketology Iconic Regional Foods Edition. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen. Here's who it advanced. Uh, The number one Italian beef versus the number five seed deep dish pizza. The number two seed Buffalo Wings versus the number six seed NYC New York style pizza. Looks like it's a Chicago versus East Coast situation right here coming down. So let's hit the Chicago. Let's go to the Midwest. It's Italian beef versus deep dish. This is like, what do you? If you're from the the three one two or the seven seven three, this is like, what do you want to be buried with? Uh, basically, at this point, Mike, uh, weigh in first, my friend. Between these two, which way are you leaning right now? Because this one's tough.
1: Well, listen again. This is pretty amazing that we have Chicago head to head. It's kind of like reminds me when uh, just in this rat- last uh, NCAA tournament we had Illinois versus Loyola, right? As it, it kind of happened too early. Um, I will just say this. My only comment is, I will drive the hour and a half to Buena park to get myself an Italian beef. We Joey, as you know, living in the Valley in Los Angeles, we have a Gino's East. That's literally like a mile away. And I can say I've definitely had an Italian beef from Buena park an hour away, more than I've had Gino's East, which is literally, I can walk to
0: Cisco away in my friend, Italian beef first deep dish. Uh, if, you know, if you had your, if you had your life, life depended on, or it's, you know, it's two 30 in the morning and you got two stores in front of you, the Italian beef and the deep dish place. Which one are you walking into to get that late night grub?
2: Uh, you know, before, before the advent of like gold belly and all these shipping services, the only food I've ever had shipped across to California was a Chicago deep dish pizza. Uh, I have too. I, it's, you know, and it, you know, it freezes well, remarkably and just you
0: pop it in the oven and it's like, it's fresh. So, um, but I think, I think I would go deep dish with actually. Go deep dish. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh Ted, the Italian beef. It's so good. I mean, I've been baptized over and over again, just wet and sweaty in your hand. Like who cares about the softness of the bread? Cause it's getting wet. It's disappearing anyways. It's going to be delicious, but man, there's something about that deep dish. Which way are you leaning right now?
3: No, one of my first, culinary jobs was a short order cook in college in a, in a bar. And we made a deep dish pizza that I doubt was very good. But it is not only great to eat, it is super fun to make. There's something about just putting all that cheese and meat and everything you're just like piling this thing on, you know, you're like, I'm gonna just put as much as I can, like a whole bag of cheese in this pizza. And it's amazing. It's super fun to build. So it's got that going for it. Um, An Italian beef, though, You know, we didn't talk about this, but it is the one sandwich where in Chicago you can add an Italian sausage to it and make the combo sandwich. So you're adding a whole nother protein on top of that beef and you're creating just this glorious, you know, double decker sandwich, completely different proteins. They marry together because of that au jus. And so I got to go beef.
0: Wow. Two to one. We got two beef, one deep dish. It's coming down to your hosts, ladies and gentlemen, and man, this one's really tough. Here's what I'll say about the Italian beef, and you know, just kind of doing some of the research on it. This is one I really kind of fell in love with. It. it was, you know, created in the Chicago stockyards in the early 1900s. It was basically, you know, the cheap shaved off dry meat, that was sort of leftover of scraps, and it was the working man, it was the working class that like made that as used, that made that French style dip, if you will, to kind of dip it in and then hand it out to people. And the part that I loved was if you went to a wedding in the early 20th century, it probably had an Italian beef at it. I mean, that's what people ate at those, at those weddings and stuff. But again, guys, I'm tying it up right now with Deep Dish because here's the thing with Deep Dish. And here's my opinion. Two things. One, if you go to other places, including here in Los Angeles, you know, you've know you got a place like Masa. There's other places that want to attempt to recreate the deep dish. For me personally, that's like the the, the finest form of, of flattery is trying to create your own and try and bring it to that other place. And then number two, if you go to the, the city of Chicago and you're on the train, you get off the train, you see a relative, what are they saying to you? They're not telling you, you got to go get a beef. They're telling you, have you done the deep dish yet? And when you put these two together, I love the Italian beef. You're a number one seed baby. I love you to pieces baptize me all you want but i'm going deep dish for a tie score again we got one more tiebreaker coming Joey.
1: joey we are going to put you through the ringer this time oh boy oh boy so you are going to represent obviously your vote of deep dish pizza if you get this right that means deep dish moves on if you get it wrong that means the italian moves on. <laughs> can i give a
0: shout out to all my frat boys at colgate <laughs> if we're of
1: the, the game show style <laughs> so joey you, you being the sportsman this is a perfect tiebreaker for you we're going to go with over under Okay. So I am going to give you a numerical figure and then you have to tell me if the correct answer is over or under that figure. Are you ready? Uh, Noemi, Noemi. <laughs> Portillo's, the famed Chicago Italian beef chain, is reported to make more or less than 500 Italian beef sandwiches a day at every single one of their Chicago locations. More or less than 500 Italian beefs.
0: At every single location? That every feels, single location. I'm gonna go under just because that's insane. You are incorrect, Joey. They
1: reportedly make 550 Italian beefs oh. every day at every Chicago location. Hey, did every I beef. did I
0: mistake the catering? Is that what it was? It's got to be the it's got to be the catering there, right, guys?
1: That drive through line is
3: always around the corner too. That's man. true.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Good for Portillo's. I want one now. I'm not upset. I'm not upset that I lost, which means Italian beef moves on into the championship round by the skin of their teeth. Free throws at the buzzer. That's what we were looking at right there. And then now let's go to the East Coast. The number two seed Buffalo Wings versus New York style pizza. Ted, my friend, you're going to go first on this one. Buffalo Wings versus NYC. Where are you leaning right now?
3: Uh, You know, I love the versatility of of a Buffalo wing. You can smoke it. You can grill it. You can fry it. You can. Jack up the spice level. You can do a sweetness level, and we also got to mention that the wing is done all over the world. If you think of like a Korean wing, and you know all of those other places that also are doing wings, everybody around the world loves the wing. And I just can't live with myself if New York style pizza makes it to the finals. Um, it's like watching Michigan, um, you know, get to the Final Four. It, it drives me nuts. It's like rooting so, for the
0: Yankees. <laughs> yeah,
3: so I'm going. I'm going with the Buffalo wing.
0: Buffalo wings, Cisco, my friend. Buffalo wing versus New York style pizza.
2: You know, I I have the New York pizza rigged higher than you guys, but I did think of it as like the Duke of the tournament, where you don't enjoy rooting for it, <laughs> but you have to admit that it's good. I mean, I like that buffalo wings. You know that the traditional buffalo sauce is really just Frank's red hot and butter, basically, <laughs> which is which is kind of awesome <laughs> when you think of it. Just like just just give it, pour it in my mouth. That's fine. But I still I gotta go with pizza. I still I, I'm gonna maintain that it's it is a perfect food for at all at all times.
0: I, I yeah, I love it. Buffalo, uh Buffalo one, New York style one, Mike. Uh we need you to weigh in, my friend. Unbreak this type.
1: Well, listen, real quick, uh, you guys know how I feel about New York style pizza. And Cisco, I didn't realize your daughter was on your lap. So apologies for uh no, no, no. For, for the language used. But um, with that being said, you know, Ted nailed it. We forget the the uh, the world impact that the chicken wing, the buffalo wing has. And, and you know, as someone, I'm, I'm Korean myself, so I can completely vouch for the, the Korean wing being its own thing in its own right, which obviously pays homage to the chicken wing. And I'll just put it at this. What other food, item has its own TV show. I mean, Hot Ones. Have you guys watched Hot Ones? That's a a fun, amazing show. So I can't think of another food that literally has its own show. So that's all I'll say about that.
0: Yeah, this one's really tough. I'm having a hard time just not getting pizza into the final round. I'm kind of with you, Cisco. I love pizza so much. And it's not just because I only love deep dish. I love all kinds of pizza, especially the New York style. But it's 1115 in the morning on a Monday. And if I had to order one of these two things right now, I'm probably getting those buffalo wings. And as you mentioned, Mike, you know, it's the appetizer. It brings everybody together. And you know what also is really funny about this is before we get to the final round, how interesting is it that all of these dishes that we're talking about are so popular, make billions and billions of dollars. As you mentioned, Mike, they make 500 Italian beefs a day at a particular location. And what do we keep coming back to? All these foods are super working class. All of their inventions were, you know, when they were invented, they were meant to feed scores of people that worked hard every single day of their lives and just wanted delicious, good food to go into their bellies. And, And it makes a lot of sense that they became popular, right? Because they were accessible to a lot of people. I'm going Buffalo wings on this one, but I'm, it's interesting. I'm learning. I feel like I'm learning a lot that a lot of these things just a lot of these foods kind of bring us together. And I'm going with buffalo wings because that's kind of the thing. It's a congregative food that you would have in a moment with that buffalo wing, which means it is time. The championship round is the number one seed, the Italian beef, versus the number two seed, the buffalo wing. How do you roll? How do you play? What's going to happen? Mike, my friend, just knock this one off. Get this one started for us right now. This one, this one's
1: pretty tough. This is so hard. This is so hard. I have, I have my... Not only just my Chicago allegiances, but I mean, the Italian beef is a delicious sandwich. I mean, you know, we talk about the French dip, we talk about the Philly cheesesteak, which are kind of similar sandwiches. But, you know, I may be biased, but if you did a blind taste test between those three sandwiches, I would be willing to bet my own personal money that beef, uh, the Italian beef would win out more times than not. Jeez, oh, but with that being said, I I, I can't imagine uh, life without Buffalo wings in it, you know? I mean, that's something I feel like you can go to every time, like Cisco mentioned earlier, and it's just always going to be solid. And as Do you imagine going to a restaurant and just <sighs> like the, the best thing to order is celery and carrots. Yeah. I mean, as as, <laughs> uh, that's as much order. as I love the Italian beef, and as much as I crave that whenever I go home, I, I got to go to the Buffalo wing because I just, I couldn't imagine an overall life, without buffalo wings as a regular part of my diet, which anybody who's seen my stomach knows it's a regular part of my diet.
0: Yeah, there's always a story, right? I don't think I've ever done a story of I've had 10 Italian beefs, but I've definitely told a story where I've had like 50 buffalo wings, right? At the exact same time. Ted, uh, weigh in right now on uh, buffalo wing versus Italian beef, man, this one's, this one, it's like near to your heart and near to your belly on this one. What are you thinking?
3: Yeah, that, that's where I was going though the competitions, right? I don't think there's an Italian beef eating competition. There's definitely wing competitions all over the place. Um I like what what Cisco was saying about kind of that traditional buffalo wing cuz I think maybe what propelled the buffalo wing through this tournament in my mind, I was thinking of all the iterations of it, right? And um and while that I think is a is a bonus of like how versatile it is, you know, the traditional buffalo wing still even at its core is just delicious. The beef, um, it's so good. I feel a little bit bad. I feel like I got out coached by uh, Deep Dish Pizza here and let the Po Boy down, because I think that could have really been um, could have had some legs. <laughs> it could have been a contender. I, I hate. <laughs> I No, I
0: hated that category. I love the Po Boy so much. I would have been fighting for that thing the whole tournament right. for real.
3: Like right. I I almost do feel like man, there that would be a toss up for me in a restaurant between those two. And so I'm actually I think I'm going to go with the Buffalo Wing in this one. I just I think mm. they are solid. You always make people really happy with it. And um and it's it's so versatile.
0: Cisco, uh time to weigh in my friend Italian beef versus buffalo wing. And also wanted to ask you this question. And if anyone else wants to weigh in, does the boneless wing is that a positive or a negative for the for the debate of Buffalo Wing?
2: It's obviously easier to eat, but there's flavor in that bone, man. You gotta that's why it's that's why it's there, you gotta leave it in there. Um and who doesn't like it's it's fun to like pull it apart and then you have like the mini leg not not leg leg <laughs>
0: and then the one guy gives you the one guy gives you like a hard time because you didn't clean the bone like straight <laughs> yeah, off like yeah. he literally has them like they're like corpse bones yeah i i'm definitely yeah. a bone nazi
2: for
1: people for yeah, sure yeah. Well, look at it, there's all this <laughs> yeah. on here yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cartilage you gotta
2: eat it eat everything i will say I have, but the italian beef it's like the best version of what the french dip wants to be that's like, okay like it's it's everything it wants to be but that said, it, it just doesn't have the footprint outside of its home region that I don't think the the wing has. I mean, the wing, as we talked about, is everywhere. And you can do it any way, any style, any way. It's just and it's it's just great. <laughs> I got to go with the wing.
0: I'm. You guys have convinced me. I think buffalo wings are a clean sweep, and I think it might be the winner. I mean, it's in every state. It's in every bar it just loaded by the truckload get it going are you a wing guy are you a leg or a drum guy just you know it's it's on and i think the buffalo wings is our crown champion for this bracketology bracketology edition of iconic regional foods before we get out of here guys thank you so much for being on this pod but let's just talk quick, real quick about some honorable mentions mike take it away a little bit and just talk about some guys uh some foods that were sort of left on the cutting room floor
1: well, you know, part of the uh, uh, part of the initial twelve candidate list included the Cuban sandwich. Uh, which traditionally hails from Tampa specifically, um, the crab cake, the Maryland crab cake. Uh, obviously, we've talked a lot about the French dip from here in LA and then the Philly cheesesteak. But I mean, there's a ton, there's a ton. There's the pork roll, there's the Joey, your wife's favorite, the Primanti Brothers sandwich, right, the Juicy Lucy, the uh, Cincinnati chili, uh, Wisconsin cheese curd. So there, there, were, there were so many regional foods that we could have picked from, but obviously we kind of wanted to go with some of them that are a little bit more iconic. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I think this, you know, given that there are three Chicago guys on this panel, I think it was an upset. I think it was an upset that the Buffalo Wings won.
0: Yeah, we wanted to try and stay objective, but obviously you could tell uh, we had kind of we started sweating our Jews there halfway through, really like pumping up our hometown a little bit. Cisco, um, out of that honorable mention list of kind of just a couple things that Mike mentioned were or something maybe that you love that wasn't on the list. Um, anything on there that you know you, is near and dear to your heart that uh, that that's pretty high up there for you?
2: Yeah, there's there's two that I just wanted to mention. One is from Hawaii, is the the local moco, um, which is it's a hamburger on a bed of rice with gravy on it and a fried egg.
1: So
2: it's it's amazing. It's obviously the Hawaii is like this melting pot of Asian immigrants, so that's kind of where that comes from. And like the burger, it's it's good stuff. If you have a Hawaiian restaurant near near you, I would highly recommend.
0: Thank you. I've I've never I've, i honestly I've never heard that before. And I'm, I am I want to try a gravy on a burger. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Ted, um, weigh in a little bit. Honorable mention some things that didn't make the list on there.
3: Um, I You know, the only thing that I thought I couldn't believe was not on this list was the hot dog. And I know there's debate about sandwich or not, but uh, but regardless, it is a regional food that, you know, is consumed at baseball games and amusement parks and all over the place and is nothing maybe more American than like a hot dog and a Coke, um, you know, to, to people who don't live here. So, um, Ted on well, that well, note, who,
1: what region then would you go more the Coney what, Island style, Chicago about it, yeah. style? I mean, there's also actually Arizona, right. has pretty famously and their own LA La would have something to yeah, say about yeah, their so hot dogs out here as well. Is there a region that you would say most represents what we consider the American hot dog?
3: I, I've had a Doyer dog and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, but I, I mm. would say Chicago style again, you know, for me, it's, it brings me back to my childhood, man. I love the celery salt and the, the tomatoes and the sport pepper. um But I do, man, a coney is good. A coney is good, but it's, it hits you different.
0: Yeah. A couple that, you know, I just, I love that obviously are really popular, but again, kind of hard to nail down to a region. You know, I love a turkey club. I mean, honestly, turkey clubs, they've been <laughs> around. I feel like that's been around for thousands of years. The turkey club was one of the first things that the cavemen ever made with the sandwich. <laughs> uh, of course, you put a mayo on there too, as well. Mike, uh, any honorable mentions that you that you voted for that maybe didn't get in Marilyn Crabcake was on there too as well which was a good one
1: yeah, you know, I just, I, again, I thought uh, French dip would uh, uh, go a little bit higher. Uh, you know, obviously three of us live in LA and then, uh, you know, I, I was going to put uh, the uh, the Chicago style hot dog on the overall candidate list, but then I was like, am I getting two getting three candidates from Chicago on that overall list of 12. So, but yeah, this, this is amazing. So, you know, I want to thank Ted. I want to thank Francisco for joining us. It's been a, it, it, it's been a, a great discussion to have on all these iconic regional foods. Awesome. Panel. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, today was Believe in Betting Chicago, Joy Christopoulos. This was our special edition of Bracketology, iconic regional foods edition. Thank you so much for listening. And hopefully, we got your mouth watering, you got your mind moving a little bit, and maybe you disagreed with us a little bit along the way. That's totally fine. Today's episode was brought to you by betonline.ag. Make sure you head to betonline.ag because it's free to sign up and you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today's episode was also brought to you by Just Live CBD Oil. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. We'll be back with more stuff the rest of this week until then be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon.
1: Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.